0: even know how to start this thing so i'm dave <laughs> <laughs> so this is gonna hi, be a fun day <laughs>
1: tell us two things that are interesting about you and what your favorite flavor of ice cream
0: is because this is the first day of summer camp <laughs> <laughs> or it could have been you know movie watchers anonymous or something like that hi i'm dave and i'm addicted to movies oh man and so that because that is why we started this thing as far as the, with the movies not why we started the podcast but the reason we chose movies is because we always talk about movies. That's true. It's a good place to start.
1: So do you think anybody's going to listen to this?
0: Well, I know at least two people will because I mentioned two and they're like, oh, I'd listen to that because I asked them, why would somebody listen to me? Like, yeah. oh, I'd listen to what you had to say. So we got at least two. My wife will listen to it probably. They, I don't know. At if least my, this far. At least this far. <laughs> <laughs> the intro part. When we, yeah. Once we start talking about movies and other things that we think really deeply about, you think... Mine might turn it off. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I think she'll be interested in my thoughts. But the thing is, is I've shared my thoughts on these things. Sure. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, but who knows? On these specific ones, maybe a little different or something. Um, well, that's, like, that's what I like about, I mean, we're starting with movies, mm-hmm. but the basic premise is to think a little bit deeper about everyday life. Right. And so yeah. that everyday life is pretty large.
1: That's true. It's a very broad topic, and I found myself when I was describing this project to a couple different people not really knowing how to describe what we're going to be talking about. Just being like, yeah, we're going to think deeper about stuff and talk about things. <laughs> <the> most vague. <laughs> Man. But oh well. Yeah. I'm not a great salesperson no, for this and at that's, the moment. That, that's to your credit. I guess so. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually the person that has a lot of specifics, and it's kind
0: of nice to be a little general about things. That's good. That's good. Well, one of the things that I thought of when we started talking about doing this is I definitely didn't want it to be something that was picking apart things or being really negative, because I think there's sure. a lot of negative. And so that's true. I felt like whatever we do should encourage people to think deeper, not yeah. blast them for not thinking deeper, just right. say, hey... You know, when you are encountering these odd little things or everyday life, just think a little bit deeper. Sure, and I think,
1: especially deeper though, from a faith-based perspective, I think yeah. it's something that uh, is in the name of kind of what we're we're testing out here, Theo, think or whatever. Um, but you know, we're not like theologians or whatever. Like we don't we haven't written our own commentaries or no. something or quoted. I anything. read a lot of them, but sure. I don't write any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, really, like we're just we're looking at things through a faith-based prism you know through a worldview that everybody has a worldview it's you know, true everybody has a worldview and everybody expresses those worldviews through a lot of different mediums and the one that we're going to talk about because we're so comfortable with talking about movies in general we're gonna start with movies and so i think that that's a good place at least to start um
0: but see and that that's what i like that what you just did was very interesting because i was about to say yeah we're movie nerds and you, you didn't go with the negative connotation. You said, we're co- very comfortable talking about newbies. And I think that's the right attitude. I think yeah. that's what I want us to have is that we encourage each other. We think a little bit deeper. We, put, we see God. We don't put God in places. We see where he's showing sure. up because sure. he's there. It's like a worldview thing. Right. Um, everybody has one, and God is present everywhere whether people acknowledge him or not. And so, having that kind of thought process—not yeah. like God's looming over us, but He's present. <laughs> sort of Democles. Yeah, <laughs> none of that. None of that. I mean, although, well, never mind. Um, that could be a thing for people because mm-hmm. you know the Bible talks about when we we think about God, those of us who are believers, it's a. It's a sweet-smelling aroma. We love it. We, it. It's really cool to see God. Sure. For those who it's not, it, it it's harmful. It smells bad. It's just not good for them. Right. But even that can call people to it. So I doubt we'll get many unbelievers, people who don't uh, because of the Theo think. But, you know, you never know because we're not taking a hard stance at, you know, doing a bible study yeah, it's or
1: not a, it's not an apologetic no
0: contest, and it, so. we're not com- you know like you said we're not bible commentators or theologians or anything yeah. like that we're just everyday people looking at everyday things a little bit deeper yeah hopefully, hopefully yeah. a little bit deeper <laughs> yeah <If> so, <laughs> don't don't tell us if you've thought about these things since you were 12 okay don't tell us that uh, <laughs> yeah if we don't if we tell you nothing new just uh not smile and nod
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give us good feedback it'd be nice <laughs> Okay, um, so we're talking about two movies um, in this discussion section here today, Uh, whether or not we split this into two things or or what. I don't know. We'll figure this out as we go along. (laughs) This is kind of seat of our pants, but not really. We also planned several bullet point things out for it. But anyway, we're starting out today with uh, two movies, both in the science fiction genre and uh, one that I kind of picked and then one that Dave picked. Um, And so what... uh, which one did you want to start with?
0: So I picked Tron. Okay, it's one of my favorite all-time movies. Why Tron? That was my first question. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: it's a great story because um, it came out. And I looked it up. It came out in July of 1982. Okay, and I had just graduated from middle school, so I was about to go into high school. Okay, and a teacher at the high school who knew my dad, he suggested that I go to. <laughs> Computer camp oh. at Baylor University. So summer, the summer camp joke at the beginning was not quite as far off as nope. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the cool thing: I didn't know anything about computers. I mean, okay. I like to play video games, sure, such as they were back then. Mm-hmm. But it was all new, yeah, computers and stuff. Nobody had personal computers. Mm. Shocker, right? And you know, the computers three were... on this table, four on this table. I right know. Now. It's just kind of <laughs> weird, right? And so that's part of the reason that I wanted to bring it up, and part of it was the interesting thing about movies is when you see them Mm. impacts you differently because your worldview tends to modify itself as you grow older. Okay. The core of your worldview may not change, but the things that you add on or take off of it change. Sure. And sometimes you have to add things because of the different roles you have and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So for me – that was a big impact to me because I went to this computer camp, and it was really run by the university professors. Later on, I actually went to Baylor University, and I had those same professors for oh, wow. real live computer classes. How old were you again? I'm fifty. No, <laughs> how old were you at the I time? You, I thought you said R. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. So everybody do the do the math. I sorry. was uh, it was summer, summer of after my eighth grade year. Okay, so I don't cool. know what that means. I don't uh, know. Eighty two, sixty eight. Somebody do the math. You figured out. I don't think you were 82. Thinking, well, 1982, (laughs) minus 62, whatever that means. Sure. 14, maybe. Sure. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So we are also not mathematicians. (laughs) Though one Um, of us is an engineer, and I won't say who, but they (laughs) might have gone to computer camp. (laughs) Kind of telling, isn't it? Yeah. So I really liked it. You know, I really had a great time and we got exposed to a lot of different things, digital, analog, Mm -hmm. uh, computers and programming and things like that that I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I really liked the logic of it. Well, one of the things that they tried to do is have fun, right? Mm -hmm. So even the computer people had fun. And so we went to see Tron and it was like out at the movie movies. Yeah. And so it was, I mean, you're at computer camp and you see this movie about entering the computer as a 14 year old so your suspension of disbelief is really like it doesn't take a whole lot sure (laughs) (laughs) you throw down your disbelief at at the drop of a hat for a cool movie with cool special effects and while they did have some computer animation in Tron Mm -hmm. it's about 20 minutes I think total of all the so the rest of it is physical stuff to try to make it look like it's in a computer and that was just amazing because nobody had really done that Mm -hmm. kind of thing before so it really impacted me from that perspective because it meshed what I was starting to really enjoy, and I did wind up getting a computer science degree from Baylor, not mm-hmm. because I watched Tron at the computer <laughs> camp, but because I got exposed to right. something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so, but that the other reason that I picked Tron is because it has some underlying themes and worldviews that are just fascinating. Okay, when you look at them. So I, I know that we both watched it recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, me to refresh myself, probably tenth, twelfth time I've watched it. <laughs> no, and you for the very first time. Yeah, so this yeah. is going to be kind of interesting. I've the to second talk about. one, the
1: newer one that came out. I guess right. about four or five years ago, four years ago at this point. Because I think it
0: came out my freshman year of college, and that was it was twenty ten that it came out.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: that's what they said. Yeah, I think it was twenty ten. Huh. All right. My memory is awful. I, I, I think guess. that's what it was. Anyway, it has been not recent, sure. but not yeah, 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 20 years ago or 30 right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. 82, 26. Right. Dang.
1: So this was, yeah, this was the first time I saw, saw Tron. I mean, I've seen pictures and, like, GIFs and stuff like that on the <laughs> internet, and uh, I've seen it referenced a lot, but I hadn't yeah. actually watched the whole thing, um, and so it was interesting. Uh, it was... It was about what I expected, a little more slow going than I kind of expected. Not a lot of action, I yep. I mean, not necessarily like, oh man, not action every five seconds or whatever, but it definitely felt more methodical mm-hmm. than probably, I think, the second, the second one. Again, it's been a while since I've seen that other one, um, but it definitely felt more um, methodical, I guess is the best word for it, with, with walking through everything that's going on there and um, the different characters Um, you don't, I don't feel like we really got to know many of the characters very much. It was predominantly just like, they're trying to shut down the bad AI.
0: That's the overall plot, I guess. Right. So, so the interesting thing is that's your perspective from that. We didn't really talk about AI Mm -hmm. a lot. So, so I, I think it's fascinating that you said it's methodical. I, I think they did that on purpose because it wasn't a concept that people were used to. So they hmm, felt like okay. they had to do a lot of explanation.
1: Really? Like even with 2001 and stuff like that? Like an AI going rogue and kind of wanting to take over things? And yeah,
0: stuff, but it wasn't... Terminator hadn't come out. No, come no. Out no, yet, no ter- you know? not, I don't think Terminator had come out yet. Okay. No, I don't think so. Um, so... Hmm the the concept of being inside a computer though mm-hmm. that's part that's the part that was kind of methodical because they yeah you know you and have the bad guys and, and then, even
1: then there's like i loved how their programming was just typing out complete sentences yes it was great <laughs> wasn't it it's like i'm
0: not even sure that's a thing yeah yeah, yeah. there was a lot of stuff i have
1: master access code seven or something just typing out that full sentence <laughs> of the
0: computer being like no you do not <laughs> All right, and, and at, some, at certain points, you get the feeling that the conversation, like it's vocal, sure. And of course, it wasn't really vocal, but sometimes it was typed out on the computer. The computer was speaking yeah, to him yeah, yeah. through the typeout, but sometimes it wasn't. So it's like this whole mesh of personality mm-hmm. as well as computer and the you know the maniacal take over yeah. the world type thing. the The interesting thing about it was, I, I felt like the way that they portrayed it the biggest worldview thing that I saw that this time around particularly is how each character in the real world was represented by themselves in the computer world. Mm -hmm. And he, the, the demand character who is like the, the one who kind of created the system income income and the company. And he's sort of been sort of kicked to the side. He's still the scientist guy, but he's not running the company Mm -hmm. And he said, um, our creations carry a part of... No, he said, our spirit remains in every program that we wrote. Right. And I had seen that in the imagery. I had forgotten they had stated that out loud. Mm-hmm. So some yeah, of their worldviews, yeah. they they spoke out loud. Instead yeah. of letting you kind of see them right. and f- experience them, they wanted to make sure you understood we are part of what we create. And so to me, that's, just, that's not just... Cre- uh, computer stuff Mm -hmm. that's everything that's a worldview thought process and I I wondered how you felt about that do you feel like that we put a part of ourselves into everything that we do I think so um I think that
1: hmm. I think everything is a very broad statement because I don't I don't know how much of a part of myself I put into turning on my car or something like that but um,
0: well, okay. I mean, I'm yeah. putting myself into the car, Dude. but <laughs> I'll think that That's, There you go. Yeah. See, there you go. A little existentialism there. Sure. All right. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I think so. I think that you have to, um, because you are using some sort of an ability or some sort of talent that is processed through who you are, yep. um, and then you're using that as your understanding to create, whether it's a program or um, a piece of writing or photography or whatever it is that we're doing, um, it's coming from you. You know, you're using tools, but those tools in and of themselves can't do anything on their own yet until the master control program <laughs> takes over everything. And then they'll do things on their own. But um yeah, you're you're you are you are you are the one using the tools and so
0: the tools are going to extend yourself yep. into this thing. So yeah, it makes sense to me. I, I think it's very important and I should have used the word create because mm-hmm. you're right, everything we do although there's a do part of it even if you're not creating something if you choose mm-hmm. a tool to use to put something here or there the way you arrange stuff maybe that has a creative aspect to it but it but definitely everything we create even think about emails yeah, yeah how sure. you write an email is part of who you who you are goes into that email right and if you want it to be different than who you are by default you have to really focus and mm-hmm. concentrate on it even then the fact that you're step stepping back and focusing and concentrating on it is part of who you are yeah so i I think it's an encouragement to us to let ourselves be a part of what we create and what we share with other people but also to know that that's what we're doing yeah so do you really want yourself to be represented represented by whatever it is that you just created whether it's the words you speak the email that you wrote or the paper that you turned in yeah or whatever you know it's it's part of who you are and yeah. just, I just was I, I didn't realize that Toronto sure. was so deep <laughs> I sure. mean it was a kind
1: of cool thing yeah no, that's a good point so it can be really easy to turn your brain off when you're writing work
0: emails but absolutely but you still you still need to be careful about that because those are representatives of yeah. who you are and and you can make them be something that shows who you are in a positive way mm-hmm you know, it's, it's just it's just a cool concept to think of, and they visually showed that. I mean, he he did speak it at one point because he was kind of preaching at the dude sure. um, when he got called into the principal's office. Right. But um, they showed it, mm-hmm. like the the Tron character was the Alan actor in right. the movie, and the Jeff Bridges character Flynn. He mm-hmm. was he actually became himself inside, and yeah. that was an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. So let's go there for just a second. Okay. The users, yeah. They even said it was sort of a religious belief, right? Yeah, I, got I was like, that. "Wow, yeah." You know, they believed in something above themselves, right? That was creating them, or had it, uh, had, had some kind of control or influence mm-hmm. in their life, or yeah. Did you notice the points at which they diverged from whether they were godlike or not?
1: I the the thing that stuck out to me and it's towards the end of the movie and I, the my biggest takeaway theme-wise was the religious aspect of the users. Um, and, you know, for those who might not have seen the movie, you know, we've got computer programs that are alive and there are people who created those computer programs, which is us humans. But the computer programs have this kind of um, wistful uh, belief in some users out there that have the power to make change or to help them out or who's your user is kind of something that's brought up and it's like a personal person like alan or whatever Mm -hmm. my user is this person and they're so great like it's some kind of like almost like personal deities i guess yeah um it's kind of how it's phrased but the thing that was an interesting point to me regarding users and what the computer programs thought about their users is towards the very end um alan and flint are having a conversation and Alan's kinda like, wow, you're so amazing because you're a user and I'm sure you always have a plan. He's like, nah man, not really. Like it's pretty much you're just figuring it out just like you do here. And you know, we're not so different is kind of what is is said there. And I was wondering what your take on that was. Is that some kind of a statement about like the gods aren't so different than us, or what is that trying to say?
0: It I I think that's what it was trying to do, because they Mm -hmm. set it up where there was sort of a worship aspect of it. I, mm. I'm a created being as a program, and there is a creator for me. Right. Even though it's multiple creators, the, their group of users, mm-hmm. like the Pantheon of Gods and stuff. Sure. And they did have a positive view of that, and the Master Control program was trying to stomp that out. Mm-hmm. But the link between the user and the programs was also visualized and said by Flynn as. We're not so different. It's Mm -hmm. not, uh, there's not a higher power, really. We're in this together type of thing. Yeah. And yet at the same time, he had powers beyond the programs. Right. So they couldn't get rid of the idea that the users were more powerful than the programs. Sure. And even in the end, what does he do? He essentially sacrifices himself to Mm -hmm. put at risk the master control program so that the program could work and... And do what it needed to do. Sure. Now that was a that was a double thing because the user had programmed Tron, given him the data, yeah. and Tron had to carry out to go kill the master control program. But it needed a user to stop the MCP. Sure. So it gets really confusing. At first, you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, this maybe is this Jesus coming down into the world of the programs to save them sure. from Satan and stuff." <laughs> but then. It it doesn't it doesn't go that way. They didn't. They, they use religious terminology, but they might have been talking a little bit more mm-hmm. Zen or or uh, combo deal, self actualization, so, yeah, all something. that kind of stuff. So, so there was a there was this thing where it sort of burst the idea that it needed to be religious. You know, it was it was more of a uh, cooperative effort, and you know that that's not something that we believe hardcore. We have responsibilities to do what God has called us to do more like Alan had, uh, I'm sorry, more like Tron had professed and said, well, you're, you're a user. So therefore you've done everything you've done has been according to a plan. Mm -hmm. That's the God statement that we have, right? Everything he's doing is according to a plan. He lets us mess it up or participate in it however we want. Sure. So the movie itself calls into question, what do you believe about who created you? And what do you believe about the things that you create? Do you own those things? Are you their user, whatever it is? Or is it part of another, as Christians, we believe it's part of God's plan and how we use our creativity. So it gets kind of fuzzy and weird mm-hmm. at, there at the end. It, it, you're going along, you're like, wow, he's the, you know, he's the, Christ, the, savior, the savior or whatever, something yeah. like that. You, if, mm-hmm. if you have the worldview that's been stamped into you about Christianity and you see that in every thing that you see, you see that they, people repeat that story over and over again, but they kind of, sure. they kind of messed with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I asked the question to myself, the idea that they had was they wanted the system to be free. Sure. They were trying to free the system from the master control program. Mm-hmm. And I do not know, I have not read any information about why they created the story that the way they did, mm-hmm. but there could be a negative God connotation in this thing. Hmm where depending on what religious belief you have and what religious people you talk to, God is in control of everything. And therefore he's trying to control everybody. Sure. He wants them all to worship him mm-hmm. and he wants them all to follow his plan. Sure. And that's what the master control program was trying to do. To he degree, was t- yeah. taking the freedom mm-hmm. of the youth, the individual users away and the freedom of the programs and he was appropriating everything he wanted to. Mm-hmm. He did he did have something of a I can run it better than you. Sure. Which is something that God tells us about our lives. Sure. He says, Look, you, you think you know what you're doing with your life, but mm-hmm. you really don't. Yeah. And so that was a I don't think they did that on purpose, but when I saw it, I thought, yeah, some people view God that way. Mm-hmm. They view God as wanting our complete obedience and everything that we do to be controlled to the minutia instead of what I believe is that God does want our obedience and he does want our worship because he really is the creator. Yeah. He really did create us for, for purposes that he had planned. Right. And he's allowing us to influence those purposes up to a point, but then he he kind of takes back over when it starts to mess with the purposes, the big purposes mm-hmm. that he has. But when we follow in what the program and the plan that he has for us, we become more of who we are and who we are meant to be. So we fulfill our role as a program. It, it's not good to think of yourself as a program, though. Sure. Because that's a negative thing. Yeah. And so I don't even know if they were trying to do that or not. But when I looked at it, I was like, that's not who God is. He's not the master control right. program. He is a God that frees us to be who he intended us to be mm-hmm. without the um, statement of the users or the creators are just trying to figure it out as we go along. Yeah. And so that's the encouragement that I got away from that is there is a freedom in submitting to a higher power that some religious systems, even some of our Christian religious systems don't allow us. Sure. Yeah. We don't, we don't talk about God always that way mm-hmm. that because he created us he not only has the right, but the responsibility to show us what he created us for. Yeah. And the and freedom he... to actually live that out. And,
1: right. Because otherwise we are hampered by doing things that we're not created to do. It's, yeah. you know, it's like pouring soda in an engine. It's not going to work. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, but instead, you know, being free to, to live for God and free to um, do the things that are actually fulfilling to us. Yeah. Rather than trying to find things that, Maybe might be, but always aren't you know instead doing what God
0: has called us to do, and while we have a relationship with him mm-hmm. that goes along and, and he allows us to use our own creativity there's yeah. there are boundaries, yeah, there's not just woo, do whatever you want, yeah, you know, and so those boundaries have a reason for them in the system that he's created, yeah, I also appreciate just the thought here,
1: um thinking about you know the relationship that we have with God uh the the only way that Tron could talk to Alan was by going to a certain place that was very yes. temple like or whatever and walking up and like lifting up his hands and saying, Oh, Alan, I'm here, <laughs> or, or confirm location or whatever. Um, and I'm so thankful that's not the case for it's us. Not. You know, we don't have to go to some sort of specific place, whether that's a church or a temple. Or um, We were reading over in Discipleship the other day the story of the. Um, Samaritan woman yeah. talking about you know well y'all say you have to worship over at the yes. temple but we say we have to worship here on this mountain and Jesus is like it doesn't matter where you're worshiping as long as you're worshiping in spirit and truth and you know um, specifically at the spring right now uh, the young adults ministry that I helped lead up uh, we're going through Hebrews and we're talking about how Jesus is our high priest and so we're able to boldly go into his presence and that's that was a new thing at the time when Hebrews was written. Yes. This is different, you know, than you have to go to the specific place and talk to the guy with a really big, funny hat who will let you into the temple to where you can talk to God, you know, but instead, you know, we're able to just in our own prayers in our own heart commune with God through Jesus. And that's pretty cool. Like that's, I agree. I'm glad that we don't have to go to,
0: some weird tower and talk to a guy with a funny hat to, <laughs> that's right to because the funny this. hats really bother me too
1: <laughs> i i had to hold back the laughter when i saw that dude's the form. dude yeah, yes weird puffy and, coat and everything and you like, know they did it because yeah, of that it's so sure, great right sure i was like this is <laughs> i was like how did how did he keep a straight face wearing all that i don't know that <laughs> that would
0: be really good that's, that's the one thing that irish movies had more of was the outtakes and then commentating sure, on stuff. Yeah. oh my word that would be really funny yeah so it's interesting that you would say that the way you said it. Did you... And I didn't see it until this watch around. I, I love the scene where they find the source, the power, mm-hmm. where they get direct feed of the power. Sure. And it, that kind of helps the user who is in there, Flynn, mm-hmm. be more powerful, and it energizes the rest of them. And the Tron character, he's the one that takes off first after drinking the power source because it he says, he calls me. Alan... Calls me, huh? So he could okay. sense a call from his user mm-hmm. when he connected to the power source, sure, but he still couldn't communicate with him, he had to go to that special place, yeah. And like you said, e- even with that in the movie, it still wasn't enough, yeah. But we, I, I, and they didn't do this on purpose, but when I saw it, I thought about the Holy Spirit, yeah. You know, sometimes we have to go to a special place mentally to really connect with God. And sometimes God calls us through his spirit to do that. Mm -hmm. He like impresses upon us. You need to pray for this person or before you go into the situation, you really need to focus on me Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, so he communicates with us to the spirit and, and you, you, when you interact with that spirit and you do what it's calling you to do, then you're fulfilling your purpose more and more and more and better and better. And so that was just a neat little thing to see. Mm -hmm. In there, I was like, "Wow, that was cool." The other, the other quote that I had that I just looked up, um, there's a part where Flynn is trying to run away. There's several of those parts, right? Uh Well, he winds up running through all all the tank programs. Yeah, he goes, "I knew I shouldn't have created all those tank programs," (laughs) (laughs) because he was like the original creator of the tank programs. Yeah, and so. You know, it, it's like it was almost a little warning, and like, yeah, yeah, you think you're doing a great thing over yeah. here, but it's oh, gonna come no. back and bite you. Yeah, it was, there were some funny little things in there like that, and yeah, so. for sure. Oh, what really tripped me up though is the one part when they're in the real world and Alan stands up and he's in the middle of a cube farm. Do you remember that? Yes, he's in his cubicles, yeah. That was just wow. It's a
1: flashback for you, or what do you? Well,
0: mean? I, I live in a cube farm, man, Sure. and it there's still a thing. I mean, that was in the eighties, yeah, that they were making that, and we still have these cube farms. And there's there's even worse stuff where they're breaking down the walls and making everybody sit in the same room together. And That's what
1: they do at mine. I don't I just, have like an open. There's cubicle. no
0: privacy. What the heck? <laughs> I just I it was it was it was disturbing to me well, to say twenty, to, 20 to years to later. It's foster collaborative efforts. Whatever. Dave. You know what it does is it doesn't respect the individuality of people. <laughs> okay. Some of us that do not like to have everybody staring at us. All right. So that was just a painful moment for me. Sure. Like, what? Yeah. That's right. This idea was a long time ago, and oh, they still haven't corrected it. <laughs> oh, and What does correcting
1: it look like? Just side tangent, I guess, because you're saying correcting it, but you're not a fan of the open
0: office space. Like, well, Why does is- it have to go open? Why can't you have a roof over your head?
1: what you want like a a straight up box or just like a i guess your own office or yes okay that's what i'm saying
0: (laughs) the only reason they did that was for cost savings now they say it's for collaboration Mm -hmm. but it's less material and less walls i guess so it's it some of the stuff that corporate america does is not okay (laughs) and they have a good way of selling it and spinning it yeah. And, you know, they used to have the half cubicle walls. Now somebody, you know, now that we least... have the mix of
1: the half and the open. Yeah. it's all kind of, and,
0: and I kind of prefer it,
1: but that's just me.
0: Yeah. But what if you're focused on something and somebody decides it's time to, you know, throw something across the room or whatever, you know, there's well, just the, like...
1: There's not much throwing across the room that
0: happens. Well, you have a different <laughs> environment, I guess. I guess
1: so. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's supposed to foster collaboration so I can come and bother you anytime I want.
1: Yeah. It's important, at least in my in my job, where you have to ask questions of other people that are specializing in certain things on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, and be able—it's a knowledge base, and so being able to turn your thing or turn your chair around and quickly ask somebody is helpful. That can be. So, so what
0: you're saying is, in certain situations, certain configurations are applicable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the application of a configuration one size fits all, which is what the master control program was trying to do. Right? It's a decent segue back to Tron. I like that I'll I, give it it's to good. It, yeah. I like these side <laughs> conversations, though, because, yeah, the cubicle thing is just really, uh, you know, people tell you to think outside a box. Yeah. How can I do that if I live in a cube?
1: What, well, how, how, well, you will automatically think outside the box if you're not in a box at all.
0: That's true. It's a good point. But now your bo- outside of the box thinking is interfering with my outside of the box thinking. I guess. Sometimes, but okay. not always. Sure. So I appreciated this conversation. Here's the thing, I appreciated this conversation because it kinda had a negative tone to it. But what it made me say, as I viewed Sorry for being negative. No, I was negative. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. And you were challenging that, saying, What what's so wrong with that? Sure. So we had this conversation. So now the perspective is there are certain situations where certain configurations would benefit the business as well as the people. Yeah. And so If we are able to influence that or talk about it in such a way that says, "Hey, this would be better for our work situation," right? Yeah, then you've made a positive contribution to the configuration of your work area. Yeah, as absolutely. opposed to having it inflicted on you, right? Maybe you can say, "Hey, this." Or look at it in a way and say, "What would work for us the best?" Yeah, and and ha- have some influence on that. Mm-hmm. which is is a cool thing to think about, to say, hey, we we kind of understand how our business would be yeah. best dealt. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we don't think about that. We just sit where we're, we're told to sit and we do our work the way we're told to do it. Right. And sometimes we complain, I'm pointing <laughs> at myself, about the situation, but how does that work? How, yeah. What's different? What would yeah. be better? Yeah. And you need to think about that yeah. because I've found that when you go to your bosses and you complain, You don't really get a lot to happen if you go to your bosses and you say, this is not working. Here's an option for you. Sure. At least you have a dialogue. Yeah. So it's, it's back to why are we doing this? Sure. We're doing this to think a little bit deeper, but to wind up with something encouragement, not a Pollyanna. Woohoo! Everybody, everything has to be positive. Blah, blah, blah. But Hey, all of a sudden you just turn. What's wrong with
1: Pollyanna? What?
0: What's What's wrong with Pollyanna? (laughs) Yes. I know. Mr. Anna. Um, (laughs) There's nothing wrong with Pollyanna once we get to the new earth. But right now, oh, sure. there is no Pollyanna situation where you are supposed to deny reality. Okay. But you also don't have to... I know what
1: we're talking about next. We're going to go through Pollyanna as our next movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be so
0: interesting. Let, let's nip that one in the bud right now. No, actually, you know what? Some of those older movies... yeah. Present an interesting worldview. Yeah, yeah. You know? Especially with the pastor and stuff in that movie. I had not, I have never seen Pollyanna. What? Wait, no. Okay, so, oh, you're, so oh, you're oh so I you're just talking... committed movie suicide. <laughs> He's gonna make me watch it now. Oh man. So you so you're oh. just you're
1: just throwing Pollyanna under the bus, which is kind of ironic given the story of Pollyanna a little bit. <laughs> just to just to make a point about like a saccharine worldview, I guess. A what? A sacran,
0: is that what you said? Yeah what's, that? what's This s-
1: is totally probably not correct, but I'm pretty sure saccharin is like really sweet,
0: like sugary. It is, yeah. but it's it's false sugar. Yeah. Okay, so it's a false sugary worldview. Yeah. So if that's how you describe Pollyanna, then I used it correctly without even that's having not seen how you describe Pollyanna. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. But you're I'm just... saying that's
1: how you are describing Pollyanna. Yes, that's right. That is, that, is, that is the <laughs> worldview.
0: No, I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> So well, there's I know an it's inter- such a library. There's, a- <laughs> I have seen it. I have, I haven't looked at it, and it is in pristine condition because
1: nobody watches it. Oh no, man, it's so good.
0: <laughs> All right, I think we're gonna have to watch *Pollyanna*. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, if I'm I gonna mean, use a term, I might sure, as well know where it came from.
1: Sure. I, I mean, granted, I haven't seen it in like ten years, but I always did like it. So.
0: That's very interesting.
1: And I think, oh, man, we definitely got to watch it because there are definitely some themes in there
0: that fit with a lot of what you're wanting about encouragement. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, we should do that then. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, we don't need to put Pollyanna in the title of our podcast because I'm not sure very many people would come on I that. think I would
1: definitely watch that one or listen to that one because it's like, you know, if we've been talking about Tron and pretty soon Arrival and stuff like that and these other high concept whatever movies and then episode <laughs> four, Pollyanna. Like
0: <laughs> I think we could say Theo thinks goes Polly and then not with a double L with the P O L Y and see what they say. to what they do. I don't know. We'll see.
1: We'll f- we'll figure out the formatting of such an episode. So here's but the problem I'm with recording this. I really, mm,
0: I don't know. <laughs> so now I'm going to institute the uh, I'm older than you thing. I need to listen to this before you publish this. Because now it's like, oh, Connor and Dave, you definitely need to do Pollyanna. <laughs> have a little vote system out there. You're going to get get out the vote for oh, Pollyanna yeah, or something. Dude, it's already happening. Because
1: <laughs> I I, just remembering what I remember about that movie... There's so many really good worldview stuff in it. But here's the thing, you're going to really make really me be thoughts. positive
0: because I've already said I'm supposed to be encouraging about it. And I'm yeah. just going to you know, be no, no, no. retching I'm like, in the corner.
1: If you don't like it, then that's <laughs> also an interesting discussion. Yes. But I think you would from a standpoint of like, what that movie talks about and some of the themes that it hits. I think you'll be surprised. So if we do that, if we do that, we ha- <laughs> I'm, there was an if. Even though that's he's right. already committed earlier, but that's okay. <laughs> saying, I, I, have no. it, I have it on recording. Oh, so. see, that's where we're going to have to...
0: Oh, <laughs> technical difficulties. Right. Coming back, talking about Tron. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so if we do that, we should think through... What are some other terms? Because the reason we got off on this at all is that yeah, I was we're using we're <laughs> a term about being Pollyanna about stuff. We don't want to be that way where we ignore the saccharine sweet Pollyanna sure. reference. So the cultural reference to being a Pollyanna was what I was using. Sure, It is based on something that was shared in a movie format mm-hmm. and taken to a maybe a different level or maybe not. Mm-hmm. We have to see that. So what are some other phrases And I think that's a whole episode or a series of things about phrases that people, when they use them, do they really know what they mean? Are they using them because their friends used them and they understood them in the context that they were being used? And have they been Mm -hmm. tainted or or distorted? Or used out of context, like if you haven't seen Pollyanna. Yeah. But what if if I'm using them correctly, even though I haven't seen the movie? Mm -hmm. Sure. I don't know. Right. So it just, just be an interesting see. conversation would be an interesting episodes. I think we might have to have people submit those though. Sure. To say here's something that I've heard from people and I don't think that they understand what it means. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the whole I mean taking it back to Sunday school, it's the whole Jesus answered thing. Sure. You know, Jesus is the answer to everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, show you a squirrel and it's like I think it's a squirrel, but I'm going to say Jesus because I'm sure. in the a religious sure. environment I mean, or whatever we, environment you even in. sort of did that with Tron. It's like, oh, Jesus is kind of, yeah, like there. He comes down is, is and that's saves what's going us, on, so it's you know, Jesus, so, right? Yeah, so but you know, the Sunday school answer mm-hmm. sometimes is the right answer, but sure. because it gets overused and not applied deeply enough, yeah. people don't like it. So, the Pollyanna thing, if you understand the movie, maybe <laughs> you would not use it as a derogatory term, <laughs> cool, but you might, yeah, who knows. There That'll you go. Interesting. I'm I don't excited. know if you want to, want to keep that whole to watch, second, man. I'm, ex-
1: I'm excited to watch Pollyanna. All right, I'm so let's to see, to see if there's anything else from Tron
0: before we move on to our next movie. Sure. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, there's a statement. Oh, that Sark maze. He's the bad guy. That yeah. was an interesting thing, too, because the master control program was actually the bad guy, and you never really saw who he represented until the very, very end. He was this really old guy. Right, right smack at the end. But everybody was supposed to have a representative in the program system. Dillinger, who was the CEO now of Encom, was represented by the servant of the master control program. Mm -hmm. He was no longer in control. The flip had been done. So he was not even in control of his own uh, avatar, if you will, inside the computer system. I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. That once you started serving, and I'm going to switch back to the master control program was supposed to be evil once you started serving evil you really no longer had control of yourself sure even even the programs had some sort of interaction and participation with their users on a positive level as opposed to when you saw mcp interact with sark who was the representative dilliger mm-hmm. there was a lot of negative negativity sure. there was a lot of owner so what's
1: you know, the you know playing devil's advocate here what's the what's the stop someone from saying, isn't that the same thing with Christianity? Like you, you you lose yourself
0: in serving God. Like what's the difference there? So that is a great, that's why I thought of the MCP as possibly God, rather than being the bad guy, Satan Mm -hmm. that we think of the evil, Sure, the evil was any kind of controlling superpower Mm -hmm. of any kind. And for us, the difference for me, at least the difference is owning up to the truth that there is a creator that has a plan. Hmm. When you look at your life and you even look at the Bible, there are very many parts of your life and the Bible, which speak against that. Sure. Because we don't have the the theory goes, we don't have the breadth of knowledge and wisdom and understanding to see the entire length of things. And so we look at it and question whether God is in control at all. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes God even looks like a threatening, repeating parent. Sure. or he looks like he's not in control of what's going on because the maybe Israelites... He's just figuring it all out, which Yeah, is why, which, which is not true. You know, not, not it's true, not true, but, but it looks like that. Know, it can look that way. That's kind of what it's
1: almost spoken about at the end of the movie. Yes. Where maybe the gods are also crazy or yeah, whatever.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so the interesting thing about that is what God does for us sometimes when we ask him is that he will show us what's going on. Yeah. And I've had that happen to me several times, particularly when I'm struggling with, do you really know what you're doing, God? Mm -hmm. Because I do. I struggle with that sometimes when I look at the world and look at my life. And he will peel back the layer and say, okay, because I want to give you grace, because I I can, if I am the creator, if he is Mm -hmm. the creator, then he has the right to demand my obedience. Absolutely. He does. And that's just what we we don't like that, but it's true. But in his grace, he peels back the layer and said, do you see this particular thing, yeah. This happened here. You didn't like it, but it led to this and led to this, and now you like this. This looks good, right? Yeah. Not even just for you, but for how it benefits and impacts mm-hmm. other people, and it's, it turned out to be a good thing. Yeah. So I brought, I redeemed that situation. Yeah. I'm going to show that to you. I'm going to share that with you. He doesn't have any obligation to do that, mm-hmm. but when he does that, what happens to me sometimes is I go, yeah. Awesome, God is great, yeah. yeah. And the very next thing that goes wrong, I'm like, "Well, what are you doing, God?" <laughs> yeah. And you're like, "Oh, yeah. Dave, 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 Dave. <laughs> did did I not just show you this? I'm not mad. I'm just questioning. I'm just asking right. you. Just asking did you I questions. Just, just showing. Did theory. I just show you this? Yeah. So what I'm trying to do lately, and it is lately, it's not throughout my entire 50 years. Um, what I'm trying to do lately is mm. to say, what what is the last time that I had this feeling of? doubt or wondering what God's up to, Mm -hmm. did he show me that it went okay? Can I trust him that this is going to eventually be okay, even if I never see the okay?
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And can I actually make decisions and interact with the situation that I'm in knowing that Mm -hmm. properly? Yeah. Do I have to know everything to make my decisions? The answer is no. Right. But... You I can. frequently want to. Yeah. <laughs> I frequently That's want to true. know every Absolutely. single thing yeah. so that I can make the best decision possible. Mm-hmm. And in certain situations, quite a few of them, you won't know every single thing. Yeah, You don't even know what you don't know sometimes. Yeah, And so you're left with what kind of actions and decisions can I make based mm-hmm. on what I know about God yeah. and what he's revealed to me so far. And when you move forward in that, I feel like his grace uplifts you, gives you encouragement, it gives you um, peace Mm -hmm. you know that passes all understanding in the midst of weirdness right because you have submitted what you are concerned about to god Mm -hmm. and he's taken that from you and said i've got this here's what you need to do yeah and you may or may not understand it but you know it's come from me because of the relationship and that's that's why i felt about that power thing when he uh when tron felt alan calling him Mm -hmm. he had he had been away from the true power source. He had been locked up and now he was free, but they weren't really sure where to go next. Right. And the, the power character in the movie directed him and called him. I feel like that's part of the job of the Holy spirit. That's what he does for us. Mm -hmm. Wow. Go real (laughs) deep there. Didn't we?
1: Sure. I think that um, in Psalm 73, I think it is uh, whoever writes that I can't remember if it's David or not. But mentions how they look back on the ways that you have been faithful in the past, you know, God being faithful in the past, and that's what gives them confidence for the future. Um, and yes. you know, like you said about how you know sometimes God will reveal, like, "Hey, you know, I did this thing, and then you didn't think it was so great, but then eventually it worked out." Like we do, like sometimes God will bring that just to our mind without us asking for it in a way. But there is still an active volition to think back and remember those times that god has been faithful like you can do that you can journal that out you can make a note of it or you can just think back to a really bad time in your life or some kind of situation that was really hard and then see how god got you through that and that can give you confidence for the future because if god was faithful then why wouldn't he be faithful now? Right. What's you know, changed? Yeah, nothing's changed because God doesn't change. Um, and so that's part of what gives us a hope in a future and confidence uh for following God and his in his plan, because he does have a plan. Unlike the users, God does have a plan. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And so that's that's what's so great about um about having that perspective because I think sometimes god does just kind of like hit us over the head with a remember like a a memory yeah hey remember this like this was kind of a big deal but you just forgot about it at this point or there are times when we need to like david or the psalmist think back and remember when god has been faithful and then walk in that like live out that um
0: that confidence that we can get from those memories. Are you saving, even when we're not experiencing difficulties, we just sit and remember? Yeah. Because I think that I that, like
1: that. I, I uh, recently, we did a Sunday school discussion on Psalm 73 or wherever this is. Exactly. It's um, there. It's Psalm yeah. 73. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I asked the question, why is it so hard to remember God's faithfulness, but it's so easy to remember the hard times. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a psychology question, I think. Sure, but I pain you I, we associate yeah, pain and so we intensity to, and yeah. stuff like that. And a lot of times when we remember the good times, we want to repeat them, mm-hmm. and God's a little bit more big than that. Sure, the good times come in a variety of things, mm-hmm. and so. But you're right, and I possibly what you're purporting is we don't spend enough time remembering the good times in the proper way. Yeah. We remember the good times as, Oh, that was such a that good was time. Great. Why can't I be back there? Exactly. Yeah. Instead of going, the greatness of that was God's faithfulness mm-hmm. or the relationships that we built that victory or whatever. Yeah. Not
1: necessarily like that was a cool vacation, but like, wow, that was a really tough financial thing. And then at the
0: last minute, the money came through or whatever, but even the great vacation, When you Mm -hmm. remember it as, woohoo, great vacation, wish I could get away from this stuff, instead (laughs) of, hey, that was a great vacation because I got to have some really good conversations with my family, or I got to relax, Mm -hmm. and how did that vacation come about? God provided the resources, he provided the place. You know, thinking about the good times, less of a event and more of a process that you yeah. went through that god was involved in mm-hmm. okay so this is gonna be a really random reference but do you remember out of the silent planet thank you re- read I, mean, it? I read okay. it a long time ago so there's the creatures that first find ransom and out of mm-hmm. the silent planet they're called the Hanagrar or something <laughs> I, I don't know why i think he was just being so this funny. is out of the silent planet by c.s lewis that's right and he was yeah. sort of he wasn't a linguist but he was a literary professor and i think he just yeah. made up consonants and vowels and said we're going to do that (laughs) and he never pronounced it so we don't know what it was like just to to mess with us so the the point was they would create poetry Mm -hmm. that described an event and they talked about those events in the past and they didn't have to re-experience them over and over again and they even talked to ransom about that Mm -hmm. where they said why would we want to repeat that when it was so glorious at the, at the outset? And so they would write these these poetry. These These are 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 on another planet, planet, right? These are beings on another planet. Mm -hmm. And, they would they would do that to immortalize it and they would look at it. And that wasn't a bad thing. It was actually kind of poking, not fun, but sort of saying, why do we keep seeking the same pleasures over and over again, the same good stuff over and over and over and mm-hmm. over again, instead of remembering it and moving on to the next ones. Yeah. The funny part is you get that and you're like, oh yeah, that really that means something to sure. me and stuff like that. Then later you meet another species that's on this same planet and they're called the Sorns. And they make fun of the Hanagar for writing a poem about stuff. <laughs> it is great because it's all in the, Which who are you created to be? Yeah, God created this, and this was a planet that wasn't really messed up by right. Satan's influence. And so they were fulfilling their roles mm-hmm. in a better way. And so that's who God created them to be as a species, mm-hmm. whereas the Sorns were more of the knowledge seekers and stuff. And so they kind of looked down on the Hanagar, and the Hanagar kind of looked up to the Sorns, but... Not really, sure. because they didn't have their great poetry kind of and mean. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they so it was just an yeah. interesting thing where the point with was we departed here was mm-hmm. because sometimes we want to repeat stuff just for the sake of the feeling or the mm-hmm. pleasure that we got out of it, as opposed to for what it was really meant to do, yeah. was encourage us or send us back to God or create a relationship opportunity mm-hmm. or something like that. And, you know, the more we talk about this, the more it's, it gets really heavy. I'm feeling a little, wow, <laughs> that's very deep. Yeah, and you, you it, think. people are going, well, I don't want to listen to this anymore because we're talking too deep. I don't want to have to think <laughs> that hard every day, all the time. That's not what we're saying. Sure. But every once in a while, think on a good thing from a different perspective. Right. Look at what God was doing inside that good thing. Yeah. Just think, try it. Yeah. Remember, it's yeah.
1: it's a really great Thing to do because it will build your faith and it will yeah. give you confidence
0: for what you're going through right now But you don't have to stop every time you feel good and go what is god teaching me now sure you know yeah. Yeah, that's not what i'm saying but you know just spending some time you know but i think we could all ask that question more than we do agreed <laughs> agreed so again we're not theologians and we're not really quote-unquote religious people that say this is the way that you get joy out of life this is just some suggestions that we have right Right, that we've experienced yeah and just think and it it, this has made me think about stuff like that now yeah that's one of the things i that's another reason why we started this podcast is connor felt like hey podcast cool idea and we just sit and talk about stuff like this all the time anyway why not record it? Yeah, because <laughs> that because this was this is a conversation yeah. that we would have had whether yeah. the microphones are on or not. Yeah, pretty exactly. much most exactly. of time. I yeah. mean, we were a little bit more focused on bringing out the tangents Tron or and, and 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 you know kind of committing to polyan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no no no! Where's that erase button? Man? <laughs> Technical difficulties. Back now to Tron. <laughs> Wrapping up. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Cool. See, Any this is, is what I don't Tron? like about that whole thing. Now, now you have the editing control. I'm <laughs> totally, totally hosed. Any other thoughts about Tron? No, I think we really beat the thing to death. No, I mean... <laughs> yeah. No, I but isn't it interesting that a movie sure. made in the 80s about uh, a kid could realize such its depth? Yeah. You know, and just have a good conversation. I still I mean, enjoyed the movie. It,
1: perhaps we're reading into this way more than we need to be. But more than anything else, I think that we're, you know, just... Using it as a jumping off point to talk about questions that are
0: relevant to us. And to me, that's good art.
1: Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. If
0: if an art form causes you to think and grow and know better, Mm -hmm. even if you're doing it differently than the artist intended, there's a lot of people these days that hate that. Sure, There's a lot of artists that really want to control what their art is saying. Yeah. And they'll do the commentaries. They'll do this and that and thus and such on all this stuff. And it's like, no, you need to think about it the exact way that representative. That's, i representative. I feel like sometimes that's important, but a lot of times it's not. Sure. A lot of times good art inspires you to go down a positive path of some kind or to recognize an evil and write it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But it, it, it's part, you, you take that creation of somebody else that has that person in it and you have a relationship with it that influences you for the better and good art does that.